You are listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. During these podcasts, we'll be exploring all of the different opportunities that we get to seize the day on a daily basis and what tools and what changes we can make in order to grab those goals. Are you ready to make change? Hello, podcast lovers. How are you? I'm Natalie and this is Seize the Day. Now, I'm very excited for today's show. I've got a friend of mine on who I've known for a very long time and I I think it's a ridiculous amount of time, 30 odd years maybe, 25, 30 years, I don't know, we'll check. He was a professional dancer for 20 years with a career in TV, film, pop and the fashion world, dancing for artists such as the Pet Shop Boys, Robbie Williams and touring with the likes of Sarah Brightman amongst others. In 2013, a life-changing accident took him away from all of that, resulting in a spinal cord injury which paralysed him from the chest down. The initial diagnosis was that he wouldn't walk again. But he doesn't really accept things when he's told he can't do something and he's made an almost full recovery and is now a yoga teacher and a fitness class instructor. It's really quite unbelievable. Please put your hands together for the incredible Rob Garrard. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Do you know, I mean, we spoke very briefly before we came on to record this. That is quite an incredible story when you put it all together like that and go through. I mean, it's phenomenal. Funny enough, it's really weird because it's probably like it's not very often now because it just it, it seems quite a long ago now. And uh, when every time somebody sort of does say it and it's not often that I hear it like that, I actually got a little bit of goose pimples. I was like, oh, my God, did that really happen? <laughs> Did you? Wow, it is. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, as I said to the listeners or just mentioned a moment ago, you and I, we've known each other for a very long time. We kind of grew up together, went out together, found ourselves together, uh, you know, quite a few good nights out. Um, And, you know, that kind of evolution and then you going into such a, a fantastic journey. We were actually hoping to do this podcast face-to-face with social distancing but the weather's not been too uh too kind to us today so we're having to do it via zoom so i'll have to get to see you in, in person again soon but for for everyone listening it's an incredible story can you talk us a bit through that journey how you got into dancing what that life was like and then really with the unthinkable happening and i know we briefly spoke before we came on air exactly what that looked like for you because you mentioned it was in three parts actually what happened and then we can talk about how you turned that around because it's quite incredible your positive attitude and how you've approached it so over to you okay oh, sorry dancing was uh was my life really you know um I've always danced since a young age I was lucky enough that I kind of just fell into it professionally really um I didn't go to a stage school or anything like that I was got very lucky at 18 got some good contact and just sort of as I say fell into that kind of world I was lucky enough to do it uh, pretty much consistently consistently for uh, 18 years I loved it you know it's a great lifestyle when you're young you're traveling and um, money's good when you're working it's not so good when you're out of work for months on end but, um, <laughs> but uh, when you're working it's great and it's a great social life it's you know you're doing something you love and um it was my life you know um yeah I mean when the when 2013 it was April 2013 the accident the, the accident 
it kind of was obviously life-changing, you know. I was going to say, I remember, I used to love watching you on the telly, actually. What was that show? Was it a Friday night or something? You were, da- um, you were dancing on it. Who hosted Called it? Night Fever. It was That's with, um... it, yeah. I used to love watching that. It was with Suggs from Madness. That's it was like, mad- I was going to say like Madness. Something like karaoke show where he used to get like D-list celebrities to do sing-offs in karaoke. That's it. It was brilliant. <laughs> absolutely love it so you've gone through this amazing journey your passion's dancing which means that you as an able-bodied young man get to your freedom of movement you do all of that great stuff and then all of a sudden 2013 hits and as you were explaining to me before because I couldn't remember I mean obviously Rob and I are good friends but we've not seen each other for years time goes by and you know you, you kind of do different things and I couldn't remember exactly what happened to you or what went about that it was actually an accident. But what you were explaining before was that there was maybe three parts to it in terms of how you were looking after yourself, then an yep. accident, and then... So, go on. You, you, yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder. Well, uh, you know, um, as I say, it's such a long-winded story, you know, but the sort of the main gist of it really was I wasn't in a good place with myself. I wasn't looking after myself. I was drinking too much. Um, I was in pretty dark place around that time. I had a fall actually in my nan's bathroom I hit the back of my head on a radiator and sort of split my head open so that was initially what took me into hospital but then that wasn't really the the cause of the the spinal injury it was it was until about oh it took a good 10 days to diagnose that that it was um through the bloods they did in the hospital they found out that I had some kind of infection Um, that had got into my system somehow maybe through the open wounds maybe from something else who knows I don't think I'll ever really know and uh, basically by the time they found this infection which they have to kind of find where it settles in your body through various different means and by the time they they found uh, this infection it it was kind of too late because it had caused a like an abscess that was pressing down on um, C6 to T1, which is basically the medical term, which is right very high up in your neck. So the sick vertebrae down from your neck. So it was pressing, pressing down onto that really, which had caused this spinal cord injury, which I obviously knew nothing about. It was a world I knew nothing about really. Yeah. I mean, my family were beside themselves. I don't remember too much of that initial part of it because, uh, I was obviously probably on a lot of uh, hospital drugs and in in quite a sick place. I can't remember too much of it, but um, I mean, my mum my mum was with me day and night. She took a diary, and I've I've read through it, and it's quite um it's quite disturbing, really. Crikey, love your mum, bless her. I, I mean, that whole you don't expect that, do you? And I think what strikes me as being quite incredible in terms of an outcome and a journey that there's a the level of self-discovery in terms of what your life was like and how you were treating yourself personally if you like in terms of before it happened then you you have this fall you go to hospital then something else adds to it beyond that that's out of your control that could potentially leave you in a a, you know paralyzed from the chest down and I was saying to Rob before we came on it I will always remember Jason another friend of ours Jason and I went to visit Rob in hospital and Rob just you were better by this point you were actually beginning to have physiotherapy and you were beginning to walk around which is absolutely wow just amazing against all odds really so your mindset must have been quite overwhelmingly positive as well 
Well, I think what had ha actually happened about about that point is uh, the, the sort of initial diagnosis when they come in and they actually, you know, they, they say it, you know, they have to be matter of fact, you know, it's their job, they're doing this every day. And, you know, they come in and they, they say, you know, Mr. Garib, we're very sorry, but, you know, um, you're paralysed from the, at this point, you're paralysed from uh, uh, the chest down and um, you'll never walk again, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. And, um, you know, over that weekend, the panic really started to, to settle in because then actually my, even above my chest, all my arms and my hands started to go numb and my hands started to claw up. It was petrifying. And, um, and actually it was a, a surgeon who before, when I knew I was coming on this podcast today, it was, it was really upsetting me that I couldn't actually remember the guy's name because he saved my life really. And I actually done a bit of a Google search earlier an amazing surgeon over at St. George's Hospital in Tootin called Matthew Crocker. He took, uh, he was a neuro, neuro guy and he took another look at the MRI and um, he said, nope, you're treating him wrong or there's an operation I can do, um, get him here now. And they sort of blue lighted me over on the Sunday night. I was on the operating table within like half an hour and he basically was my saviour because he's done an operation where he, was able to move this abscess away from the spinal cord just enough so that then recovery was possible, you know? Wow. That, that actually blows my mind because had that diagnosis not taken place then, the worse and, you know, your, your fear potentially could have... Oh, yeah, yeah. It could have gone quite a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm reminded of that all the time. And actually, I'm not reminded of it enough. And um, I have to remind when I fall into self-pity, as we all do at times, and I do definitely suffer with self-pity at, at certain points, um, I have to constantly remind myself of what could have been. 100%. I mean, that, it's absolutely mate. I find this story incredible to then look at now what it is you are doing. Now, I mentioned earlier, and these were words from your good self, so perhaps it's worth exploring, that you're not fully recovered in the sense that do you still have to look after yourself in particular ways just to make sure that, you know, I suppose maybe you don't seize or... So my, my, my physical, as in like uh, walking and all my sensation in my body and everything is pretty much 100% back to, to what it was. There's a little, a little, I mean, minimal um, nerve damage still in my toes. And um, being a yoga teacher and a yoga student, I, I can sometimes notice that. But it's so minimal that um, it's only noticeable to me. Nobody else would have a clue, you know. It's gotcha. only because I know what it used to be like before. But my main problem, as with all spinal cord injuries, so this affects um, all spinal cord injuries, is um, all the sphincters around the bottom part of your spinal cord. So all spinal cord injury patients will always have ongoing uh, bladder, bowel and sexual function um, problems and um, depending on the level of their injury it will be what needs you know what treatments and stuff so I, I'm ongoing with like urology and um, some medication still for the bladder and bowel stuff but um, you know it's wow. just so normal to, normal to me now I'm so used to it you know. You don't think about it wow that's quite incredible so let's now then talk about well, let's talk about the yoga side of things, because this is where I, I, I'm, I'm inspired even more, because you've gone through something that's quite 
amazing traumatic but also so positive in terms of coming out the other side then you've got into yoga and the fitness now I think correct me if I'm wrong Rob you used to do fitness before a bit anyway I mean naturally with the dancing but is it something you've developed more since the accident and particularly with yoga funny enough what kind of happened and it's kind of like fate these things you know and I'm a big believer in in that and um before the accident in the summer of 2012, I actually done my um, level three personal trainer course just to, to have as a backup because I was getting older. <laughs> um, I was there, uh, and I, I knew that I knew that I wasn't going to be be able to be twirling for too much longer, and I needed a backup plan really. And um, and I had a passion for fitness, so I was like, great, I'll do a personal trainer course, which is what I did in. Uh, in it was over the summer of when we had the olympics actually it was great but i never actually used it so then when i had the the injury after the the, the operation i had it since st um, george's over in tooting and i was transferred back over to to hillingdon for, for six months of rehab when i come out of that i actually was in touch with a wonderful scheme over at stanmore called instructability which is where you um, it's basically people with disabilities able to train people with disabilities. I went on that course to do that. It's funny. It's very weird with the recovery from something like that. At every stage, you get a little bit more acceptance around where you are. So like yeah. when, I was at, when I was at a point where I was able to wheel myself in the wheelchair, it was like, okay, this is really great. I can wheel myself around. And then it's like, oh, I can walk on a stick. Okay. Oh, this is good. I can deal with walking on a stick for the rest of my life. I can walk. And then when the stick goes away, it's like, oh, I might be able to do something else. So every stage, you kind of get a little bit more acceptance around where you are, you know. But yeah, so that was kind of the route. Uh, It was never my in my plan to 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 be a yoga teacher ever. That was never in my plan at all. That is something that literally just fate. Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, just touching on what you said with the acceptance. And I think that's almost like celebrating success, isn't it? That's celebrating the achievements that we're making. And therefore, you're actually very comfortable with where you've got to, because that's enormous development. Uh, and, and luckily and wonderfully, you were able to get movement and everything back in. But but it's celebrating and accepting. That's. Do you know what? In in a funny kind of way, um, during that six months in the the rehab facility in Hillingdon, it's a wonderful facility, and um, I was sort of the youngest patient in there. I kind of used to wake up every day, you know, driven to get in that physio room and to to do as much as I possibly could. You know, and even down to they were great. They were like, you know, you can come in and do do extra whenever you want to. And I would, you know, and I, I think that's the dancer in me. You have that kind of fight within you, you know, to 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 push yourself. Really. To push and learn and move forward. Yeah, t- totally. I totally get that. And then coming out. So you've got your backup plan with your PT, but then the yoga side of things. So how did that happen? Because I've got to say and I've obviously share beyond this show your show notes I'll put in your Instagram and everything else that you do but you're incredibly good at it Rob I mean when I listen to you I the word all that learning there's lots of special words that for the poses and everything but you're so natural at it it's amazing now maybe no actually I'm not going to say that I was going to say maybe it's because I don't know anything about it but it is it's really fabulous to watch you and what you do and the poses you get into I dipped into yoga in 
very early days in my sort of maybe my late 20s a friend of mine took me to hot yoga over in Chiswick and I loved it you know but it was very intermittent it was like maybe once a month I'd go to a class with her um but I was never like committed to it at all and um it wasn't really I didn't really get into it until there was a local studio near me that opened up and I knew the girls that run it and I used to go there quite regularly and then they started to add uh, vinyasa classes uh, to the schedule and when I discovered vinyasa yoga that was like that was my love you know but then again you know as as I say it was never my plan to be a teacher at this point I was just teaching fitness classes you know I was busy teaching fitness classes at the gym stuff like body pump spin um a bit of dance that kind of stuff what kind of happened actually was at the time I was going through buying a flat with my mum and um we were buying this place together and it was my first uh, time I'd ever bought a property and uh you obviously know yourself it can be quite stressful yeah. and um we had so many problems and I we were actually I was actually really in love with this flat that we found and I was so excited you know and it fell through on exchange of contract oh. and I was absolutely devastated you know on the day of exchange of contract it fell through which you know a lot of people are used to this I wasn't I was like how how do people do this you know I was yeah. mortified I actually spoke to a friend of mine that I knew from the dancer world. She said, well, I'm actually due to go and do my yoga teacher training in Goa in, I think it was like October, which was like, I think three, three months away at that point. She said, but I can't go now. I've just got to take that tour. Oh, um, wow. she, was still, she was still in the dancer world. And um, she said, why don't you go? Why don't you go and do your teacher training? And wow. I was like, and I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. And so it was kind of a, it was, that's how it happened. It was never part of the plan. I, I took her sort of spot on this course and three months later, I was in Goa doing it, you know? Or so, was it part of the plan? This subconscious, whatever yeah, it you meant know, to absolutely, be. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're clearly very good at it. Well, I mean, I had no, I had no idea, you know, what I was getting into. I really had no idea how hard work it was going to be. You know, um, I was felt completely overwhelmed and out of my depth, to be fair. Teacher training, anyone that you speak to will tell you it's very intense. And especially when you do it um, away from home in a place like Goa and you, you know, you're going in on your own and you you don't know anyone and, uh, you know it's it's full yeah. on it's full on days you know you're you're in seated meditation at seven o'clock in the morning and um you don't finish till gone seven o'clock at night and wow. it's uh, you know it's full on <laughs> that's amazing and uh, i assume you developed a love for it then and understanding you're quite flexible anyway or do you have the kind of strength and capacity to do it or did you struggle to get into it Was oh it- absolutely do you know what i'm i'm uh, uh and this is what people that come into class now and they're like oh, I'm not flexible I can't touch my toes and all this kind of stuff I, I I always maintain that I tell them you know you don't know what the person next to you's history is you don't know whether they've been a gymnast a dancer a contortionist a circus yeah. performer you know and absolutely for for the physical side of of, of yoga the asana the I think definitely your history um, and your 
whatever you've done in the past plays a massive part of it. So obviously being a dancer, I already had a lot of flexibility and strength there and muscle memory, you know, and that plays a big part of it. Wow. And then beyond that, I think anyone is actually capable when you repeat resilience practice, you can actually develop the muscle strength, the, the capability, oh, absolutely. the yeah, posture, of course. the poses. It, but, you know, so it, unfortunately, some people have to work bloody hard and um you know that's uh, me uh, and actually and the truth of the and the truth of the matter is they work bloody hard their blood sweat and tears and they they might get so frustrated because they only reach a certain point and then you know you'll get like i've brought friends of mine before to yoga and i hate them because you know <laughs> they come in they come in and they do one class and they can do all these poses that i can't do and i'm like oh god i hate you you know i've been trying to do this for two years and they come in and they can do it straight away <laughs> it's how it is you know you just have to <laughs> yeah. that's why it's not about it's not they say it's not about the the poses and the what you can do it's about the, what you learn on the journey to the pose well that's what i was going to say is that part and parcel of it yeah exactly it's more about your body doing something different and you feeling it and being with it because what kind what are the benefits that you get rob from doing yoga because i know it's an incredible practice the breath the you know the for meditation me, for me obviously yes it's a physical thing um but for me also it's absolutely um it's for my mind you know i'm not and, and as much as i should be um, a lot better at this I'm not very good at um, sitting quietly or or, or um, seated meditation or I, I'm not great at that at all even though I constantly try try and try again for me um, uh, yoga practice is a moving meditation the release I get at the end of that is is great and it's the same with like say um for me, going for a jog and, uh, and and using my breath while I'm jogging, that for me is meditative. You know, I'm much better at that physical side of things than than I am sat there um, quiet with my own mind, which I, I definitely need to do more of. And I'm not I'm not saying I shouldn't. I need I absolutely need to do more of. But I love the mood moving meditation part of it. Do you know, I think a lot of people are being inspired by that though, Rob, because it's really refreshing coming from somebody who, you know, folk might, if they were coming to a yoga class, for example, and you've got this yoga teacher, yoga, uh, yogi master in front of them who can do all these poses, can speak the language, can talk you through it, understands the breath. And you're sat there, you're thinking, oh, I can't do this or any practice to actually hear you know, on doing a sitting down meditation, you find it tricky. It's really refreshing and it's encouraging as well because everybody struggles at something or, or they have to they have to apply themselves more to do it. Oh, God, yeah, no. It, it, um, <laughs> I, I try, you know, and I try different ways all the time. I try guided stuff. Sometimes I try music stuff. Actually, before lockdown, um, before lockdown happened, I um, actually got in touch with uh, one of my yoga students does... Um, reiki healing and i and i've never had that before and i tell you what that that is something that i definitely will be pursuing a bit more of when when we're able to do it yeah. one on one because i got i got a lot out of that actually but yeah no i have to say i'm a bit i quite like the healing i must say be it spiritual reiki or, or any of it i think it's very powerful if you can allow yourself to be open and accept it i think it's very powerful for calmness healing ailments as well and just becoming more present i think it's very very good 
Oh, honestly, I absolutely love this, Rob. Okay, I usually have a seize the day tip that I ask uh, whoever comes on, you know, how do you, what advice would you give somebody to go out and seize the day? The world is very different at the moment, so it needs to almost be applied in a different way. And looking at how you dealt with your life, what advice would you give to listeners? Perhaps that they don't just accept what's around them and they get up and believe in themselves and seize opportunity. Never, 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 ever give up. You know, if you don't succeed, try, try, try and try again. You know, try a different route, whatever you can do. Just And walk through doors as well. Your example of the plane going to Goa. I mean, that's a really daunting thing to your point. Language, different country. Oh God, I was, petri- I was absolutely petrified. And I was also petrified because I was like, oh God, I, I was like 40 um this you know and I was uh and everyone else was like in their early 20s and it was like <laughs> I felt like a complete outsider and I it, it, it was tough very tough you know so you did that in your foot see that's still amazing seizing the day doing something paying attention to what's around you walking through the door and making it happen I love it great way to end the show I will um, pop all of your contact details in the show notes. You've got a great Instagram account, haven't you, where you show all of your yoga bits and bobs and you do some live stuff on there. Do you know what? Every year I say I'm going to do a website (laughs) and I never actually get around to it. But to be honest, I don't actually feel like I need it at the moment. You know, Instagram does it kind of pretty much all. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's how people can get hold of you as well. Brilliant. I should put that in the show notes. Rob, it's been a pleasure. I've loved this because I haven't seen you in, well, years. I did come to a hot yoga session, didn't I, once? And I sweated a lot. It's amazing. (laughs) We should totally do this again and we'll catch up and have a drink um, when when we can. Lots of love, darling. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Look after yourself. Keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. All contact information can be found in the show notes, together with any links to websites I may have referred to in the show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please pop over to seizethedashday.com or seizetheday.simplecast.com where you'll find my other shows. Thank you, thank you, thank you.